Do you like the work we're doing here at It's All Journalism? For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us continue the conversation about good journalism. Show your support by donating to our Patreon campaign. Go to itsalljournalism.com and follow the link at the top of the page to donate. Because we come from print magazines and have all of that experience, I think that we're doing something a little bit unique and that we, you know, we have our 25 years or 10,000 hours or whatever of becoming experts at producing print magazines. And so when we looked at doing digital, we, we never even considered doing anything but a magazine. I, I feel comfortable there. I love them. And it's where my expertise is. Welcome to It's All Journalism. I'm Michael O'Connell, here with another podcast about digital media and those who produce it. Today, I've got a little bit of a treat. This is a podcast about podcasting and digital publishing. If you've been listening recently, you know that I've been in the process of writing a book about podcasting. On the phone with me today is Margaret Brown, the editor of Podster, a digital magazine about podcasting. Welcome, Margaret. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, this is this is an opportunity for me to to sort of bring together the two worlds of a podcast about journalism and uh, a magazine, which is a journalistic product about podcasting, which is kind of cool, I think, in a very nerdy sort of way from my perspective. <laughs> but sure. So anyway, you and I met at a podcast movement in Chicago, and first of all, you know, what 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 was your experience at, at podcast movement? Well, this was the second podcast movement that I've gone to. I went to the one in Fort Worth last year. And last year, I just went as an attendee. And I was really, I learned a lot. And I was really excited by all the excitement about podcasting and sort of the feeling that it really is a movement. And so this year, we went as a vendor. We had a, a table and um and a presence there. My business partner went with me. And we were just there to get the word out about our new magazine, Podster, but also to get to know all the different podcasters and meet them and learn what their podcasts are. So we met a ton of people with a ton of different really cool podcasts from, you know, uh, Border Patrol guys who do a podcast to people doing podcasts about global, make the world better kind of things and, um, you know, food and sports and comedy and everything. And it was really, it was, it was really fun. Lots of podcasts to follow up on in the next few weeks. Yeah. And, and it's kind of neat to see the variety of uh, podcasters that were there, the, the people who were doing different types of uh, shows. I had a really great conversation with a guy from Western New York who does a, he's a fireman. He does a, a, a podcast about firemen, which was kind of cool. And uh, there were a few other people, too, that, that it was, you know, it's always neat to see the variety of things that, you know, that people are passionate about and, and, and telling stories about. And, and also getting to see the different levels, people who are very successful, people who are just starting out, people who have, you know, maybe different sort of approaches and goals about what they want to achieve with their podcast. So very, right. very, exactly. very enthusiastic. You, you come away with that. So first of all, tell me about your journalist journey. I mean, how did you end up, because you've been a journalist before, and how did you end up being uh, the editor of Podster, a, a magazine about podcasting? Yeah, so I had been a magazine editor at National Magazines for 25 years when I launched Shelf Media in 2010. And I had always been on the editorial side and had no thought of jumping to the publisher side. But when the iPad was coming out and digital magazines were kind of starting to happen, I just got really excited about the possibility. And I 
did a lot of research on it, went to the owner of the magazine I was working on at the time and tried to interest him in doing some digital one-offs. And he wasn't interested because, as he said, no, no one else is doing it. And I said, well, everyone will be doing it soon, which wasn't exactly true. But um, I just was hooked. And so I realized that without the costs associated with launching a print magazine, so without the costs of printing paper and postage, which are just exorbitant and make it very difficult to launch a successful magazine, I realized that without those costs, I could jump it to the publishing side as well. And so uh, my business partner and I launched digital magazine Shelf Unbound, indie book review magazine, in 2010. And we've been publishing that every other month for six years. And our goal was to sort of perfect the model of how to make a digital magazine profitable and how to attract readership and grow that readership. And our, our plan was that once we had a, a successful, you know, kind of first magazine launch, that we would launch other titles. And so we got to that point, uh, Shelf Unbound is read by 125,000 people, primarily in the United States, but also in 75-plus countries around the world. We distribute it for free, and we make our money through ad sales. And for Shelf Unbound, our ad sales are primarily self-published authors, and we're delivering to them a large audience of people interested in indie literature. Shelf Unbound has been nominated for the Maggie Award for Best Digital Magazine every year that it's existed, and in 2015, we won, and we also, Shelf Media won in 2016. So we've got a good model. And last year, the year before, I really kind of was late to the game in terms of podcasts. I started listening to podcasts when Serial became popular. But once I listened to Serial, then I, I loved the podcasting format, and I started listening to all kinds of podcasts and was you know going from listening to radio all day to listening to podcasts all day. And I just became really interested in the medium. We've launched a fledgling back burner, very small podcast network. So I have the experience of producing my own podcasts, which got me to podcast movement uh, last year. And uh, we decided that we would launch a magazine about uh, podcasts. Now, our magazine is targeted to listeners of podcasts. And obviously, we have a lot of podcast creators who subscribe to Shelf and I mean to uh, Podster, but we're really following the same model. So we're going to get it out to a large number of listeners. We're going to curate the best of podcasts, large and small, and we're anticipating that our advertisers are going to be podcasters who are new to the game, who are looking to grow their audience. And your audience, you say, are our podcast listeners. So I guess the idea is. That like you, you know, maybe they got hooked on a particular podcast, but they don't know what else they might like. And, and this is sort of a platform for them to, you know, like old magazines, uh, the, the approach was to introduce people to new and different content. Right. So our format right now is we do four big interviews in every issue. Two of those are with people who are well known. So like we've done uh, Alex Goodman from Reply All, Gretchen Rubin from Happy with Gretchen Rubin. Anna Sale, Death, Sex, and Money. So we're trying to do two kind of well-known people to kind of draw people in. And then we have two unknown or lesser-known podcasters that we do interviews with. And then we do reviews and roundups. And, you know, we're really, we're really trying to, you know, bring to the four great podcasts that you 
you know, might never have heard of. And so we've been able to do that with our book review magazine, and we're following that same model with the podcast magazine. So are you producing all the content in high, in-house? Are you, are you using freelancers at all or anything like that? Um, yeah, we produce 90% of it in-house. We have some contributing editors. We've got Colin Miller from Undisclosed. Undisclosed, if you don't know, is the kind of follow-on to Serial. They pick up the Adnan Syed case where Serial left off. And Colin Miller is one of the co-hosts of that show. And he's been contributing a column to Podster since we launched, where he takes a look at uh, some new information or reveals some new information about the Adnan Syed case. And then Undisclosed has just launched their second season and they're taking a look at other cases that also explore the criminal justice system. That's a pretty neat idea that you're, you're taking a, a podcast or some, you know, something else that's already getting a lot of attention and using that as, as as a way for people to get sort of attention. Oh, if you if you like that podcast and what they're doing there, he's you know he also writes a column for us. You know, maybe you want to subscribe to that as well. Yeah, and I'm you know I'm, I'm like the other hundred million people who've listened to Serial. I'm I'm fascinated by the case and by questions about fairness in the criminal justice system in general. And he's uh, Colin Miller is an attorney and a really intelligent guy. And so I that's one of the columns in our magazine that I really enjoy. And we've also got some other contributors that are podcasters that are reviewing other podcasts or. You know, and I've, I had a bunch of people, not a bunch, but I had a handful of people at Podcast Movement ask me about potentially contributing. But largely, we're produced in-house. And with our book review magazine, we've really become known for our uh, the quality and depth of our interviews and also for our design. And so with Podster, we're, we're doing the same thing of really focusing on having high-quality, interesting interviews and, you know, a really nice design. Well, let's talk a little bit, a little bit about the design because I, that when we were talking in Chicago, that was one of the things I remarked on. I didn't get a chance to talk to the uh, the your art director who who was there as well. But right. I mean, this is I mean, this is an online magazine. This is something you can download and look at uh, with your your iPad and other another tablet. You can look at it on your phone. And so, is this? Being a digital guy, my mm-hmm. call, my question is why go down this route as opposed to say let's you know I'm coming up with a website that's going to do this, you know why did you want to sort of design a product uh, for a platform? Sure. Well, I'm a magazine person, and so is my business partner. We both have had our careers in magazines and print magazines. I have loved magazines since the time I could read. I've subscribed to magazines. I always read every single magazine my parents subscribed to. And I just have always loved the format. And so that's my my passion. It's my experience. And so that was where we where we wanted to go. We also felt like, you know, we bring because we come from print magazines and have all of that experience, I think that we're doing something a little bit unique and that we, you know, we have our 25 years or 10,000 hours or whatever of becoming experts at producing print magazines. And so uh, when we looked at doing digital, we, we never even considered doing anything but a magazine. I, I feel comfortable there. I love them. And it's where my expertise is. And, you know, I think we bring a quality of design and editorial to it that, you know, some online things don't don't have because I think some of the things that people don't have the years and years of experience that we have. So we kind of fell into a really nice spot of being, you know, having having a lot of time 
in traditional publishing, but being very interested in digital. Okay. It wasn't meant as a criticism. I'm just curious as to why you why you went down that route because it is a beautiful product and uh, it does have the design element in it. And then you know again that's that's one of the things you lose sometimes with a lot of the the websites are that you know they they're very functional, uh, but they don't don't always they're always not as as pretty I guess as a magazine. It's not so, there, there's something to be said about that experience of of turning pages and and looking at pages that are really well crafted. The other part of that is when digital magazines first came out, I remember I saw a prototype of a digital Sports Illustrated, and it was really cool because they it had all these bells and whistles, and it took you here to a video, and it took you here to a poll, and it took you here to something else. And it was, it was really cool, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to retain the magazine experience. I wanted you to feel like you were reading a print magazine, that it didn't feel like you were at a website. And so... We, ha- you know, we have some interactivity, but we we've really tried to maintain sort of the feeling of being in a traditional magazine. Okay, all right. And what is it, what is the feedback that you've gotten for, for both about this sort of approach for both magazines? We've gotten great feedback. People, you know, like I said, uh, Shelf and Bound reaches 125,000 people, and so you know, if we that's the beauty of being digital and being distributed for free, that we can reach a huge audience. Now, with Podster, we've gotten an even more uh, welcome response because what I'm hearing from the community is that a lot of people in the community really feel like Podster is kind of needed, that there needs to be a curator, that there needs to be you know, an entity that's promoting podcasts out to potential listeners. And so we've gotten a really warm response. One of the when we put our first issue out, so we've we've put out three issues, we're putting out our fourth issue next week. And when we when we put out our first issue, I had some people contact me, which I'm really grateful for, who had been in the podcasting space for, you know, ten or twelve years. And their feedback to me was, you're featuring the well-known podcasts, the podcasts that are kind of at the top of iTunes, that's only 3% of what else, what's out there. And you really need to uh, make a huge effort to learn about, discover, and represent the 97% that are not getting media coverage or not at the top of the iTunes charts. And that was really valuable to me. And so while that was our intention sort of in the back of our heads, it really put it at front of mind. And so we've made more of an effort to do that. Yeah. And that's certainly really valuable. I mean, if you've done a podcast, you know, the people you spoke to have been here for 10 years or so, but you begin to see that there are a lot of podcasts that people just haven't heard about. And so, you know, on the one hand, there's no problem with getting eyes on your page by having, you know, Ira Glass on your cover and, you know, interview with him because, you know, he's a big podcaster and everybody knows who he is. But then also featuring content of, uh, of lesser known podcasts right. is more of a service to, to the community in, in that well, way. Well, and, it, and it's also more of a, of a service to our readers because our readers already know about Ira Glass and they already know about you know, the bigger podcasts. And what people are really looking for is, okay, I love this podcast. I love listening to podcasts. And, you know, I want to discover new ones that I that I didn't know about. So so it, it works well for everybody. And, it you know, the more we can be curators and discoverers, the, the more valuable we're going to be both to the community and to our readers. Do you have a podcast, like an unusual podcast that you found out about that you think is kind of cool? Yeah. One of the ones that I, let's see, I'm trying to tell you what it's called. It's called Between the Liner Notes. And it's this guy named uh, Matthew, I can't think of what his last name is, but he's got a, I think it's Matthew Billy. 
he just emailed me after he saw our first issue and he said, Hey, I've got this podcast. Would you check it out? And he sent me an, an episode that was about the ukulele guy, Tiny Tim mm-hmm. from the 60s, who used to be on Laughing and yeah. stuff like that. And the podcast was probably 40 minutes and it was extremely well produced and crafted. And it was about Tiny Tim's life and career. And I would not have thought that I would have been riveted for 40 minutes about Tiny Tim, but I was. I learned about him. It was it was really well put together. It was great storytelling. And so I interviewed Matthew, I think, in our second issue. But those kind of things are really exciting to me because there are people out there. You know, this guy, he's on... Uh, He's now on a network, on Goat Rodeo Network, but I think previously he was just kind of on his own, and he's just doing his own thing, and he's following his own passion and interests, and, you know, really well-crafted storytelling and, uh, you know, very interesting subject matter at the end of the day. You know, there's a ton of those out there that are yet to be discovered, and that's my great joy is to find them. Let me let me ask you a little bit about your your you know experience before sort of going from print to digital. You know, was there a wake up call for you at some point where you realized that you know it was time to leave print behind and and sort of you know blaze a new trail in digital? I really sort of serendipitous for me. I had been at my at the job that I was at for seven years and had been really looking, you know, as a point in my career was kind of looking to see what the next thing was. And I'd done magazines. I'd done national magazines. I I didn't really, there wasn't really any particular place that I felt like I really wanted to go. And I was trying to figure out my next thing and had been for a few years. And then when digital started to happen, you know, it sort of married my my kind of techie brain and my geek brain with my magazine brain. And for me, it was just this perfect moment of, you know, my my particular personal interest. And so I went for it. And I think that if the company that I had done, that I was at, the magazine that I was at, if they had been interested in pursuing digital and, you know, we had been allowed to do it there, I might still be there. It had never occurred to me to launch my own magazine because, as we discussed previously, it was just prohibitively expensive. And so it had never been in my in my brain. And then when digital happened and I saw that I could bring my magazine experience, I could, I knew that I could create an excellent product. And I thought that, you know, we could do well with that. I didn't really have any idea what that was going to be like, but I really believed in it. And so it was not a hard decision to make to leave my job and start this company. So part of the po- what we do in our podcast here is we try to think of, uh, you know, lessons that we can sort of impart to some of our listeners. And as an, an editor of an online magazine, you know, two two questions come to mind. One, what, what would you recommend to somebody who'd wanted to launch a product of their own? And then two, you know, what about people who just want to um, like sort of pitch ideas? What's the best way to go about that? Yeah. So the first thing is, you know, I think that the thing that distinguishes us is, uh, well, a couple of things, but primarily the quality of our publication in terms of the editorial and the design. If we did not have the quality that we have, we would not be where we are. It's, there's so much media out there. There's so much for people to consume. It's very hard to stand out. And you've got to start with quality. And that starts with how you, with, with how you look. And so that's really, really key. You know, we have been, we had a vision that, you know, really worked out with us for our, our shelf unbound, which was that as bookstores started to close and as 
Amazon became the place where people were primarily buying books and the, the primary curator for books, we felt like there were a lot of books that were fantastic coming from small presses and from self-published authors that we're never going to see the light of day and that that was going to be our niche, that we were going to bring those to the fore. And so our timing was nice. The self-publishing revolution had been taking off before we started, but really over the last six years that we've been publishing Shelf Unbound, that number of self-published books continues to rise exponentially. And that's really been our target for advertisers. And so that's worked out nicely for us. And then you know, I think the same thing with uh, with Podster. I've learned any number of lessons on how to do this, and I'm anybody that wants to launch a digital magazine, I'm happy to share everything I've learned, which I can condense into about thirty minutes. Um, it took me six years to learn, but I'm always <laughs> happy to share. I'm always happy to share that with people because. You know, I'm, I've learned a lot. I, I know a lot about it, and I, I always am happy to share that with people. So anybody that wants to talk to me, just shoot me an email. It's margaret at shelfmediagroup.com, and I'd be happy to, to tell you what I've learned. The second thing in terms of pitching story ideas, people can email me directly. It's margaret at shelfmediagroup.com, either for the book review magazine or for Podster. And I just remind people, particularly for Podster, that we're targeting, well, while we have readers who are podcasters, we are targeting our editorial to listeners. So we're not a how-to, we're not an industry uh, magazine. We're really targeting listeners of podcasts. Okay. Well, let me let me ask you, as somebody who is writing about podcasting, who's covering this industry, uh, a couple of things about where you think things are, are going. Well, first, what, what do you think makes a good podcast? What, what appeals to you about podcasts? I really like good storytelling and good interviewing. And, you know, I listen to podcasts that are tightly produced. I listen to podcasts that are just conversations that go on for an hour. You know, I like people who are passionate about their subject matter. And I like to learn something either about somebody or about the world or about uh, a fact. And, uh, you know, I enjoy listening to intelligent people talking about subjects that are of interest to them. You know, podcasting has come a pretty long way in, you know, the 10, 15 years, it's, it, it's really kind of been around. And you mentioned you got interested with, with cereal and cereals already, you know, it's two years past and that had a, had a huge impact and got a lot of eyes on podcasting. Where do you, where do you see the industry going? Yeah. When I was at podcast movement last year, uh, one of the keynote speakers had a, um, a chart that was, you know, the number of podcast listeners currently, the number of radio listeners currently, and the podcast number was obviously a lot smaller than radio, but they were, the point that they were making was that podcasts are going to take over radio. And I think that's going to happen. I mean, I think there's space for radio, and I think radio will figure it out. But I think that, you know, just anecdotally for myself and people that I talk to that I introduce to podcasts, they start listening, and then they say, I, now I listen that's all I listen to. I want to find more. And I think that, you know, as more and more people discover podcasts and learn about them and, and how great they are and how you can listen to whatever you want, whenever you want, any subject matter, you can find it. You know, I think that that's just going to grow and grow. I think the problem is going to be that there's so many and there's so many good ones. How do you keep up with all of that? How do you find, you know, how, how do you find a podcast that that's going to be your next favorite podcast? And so, you know, we're a curator. I think we serve a valuable role. I know there's some other, you know, websites and, you know, lists and all kinds of things. I think those all serve a valuable role. We're also, uh, we've launched the Podster competition for best 
undiscovered podcast. And we're, we have a small entry fee and you can, if your podcast has a thousand or fewer downloads or listens per episode, you're eligible. And we're going to devote an entire issue of Podster next year to the winner and finalists. And um, we're really excited about discovering, you know, some the next great podcast that, that people will want to be listening to. Cool. Cool. That sounds pretty exciting. It sounds like a good place to, to stop as well. Margaret, thanks for, for talking to me about Podster. People who want to just download it, uh, they where do they go? It's on our website, shelfmediagroup.com. Okay, cool. And they can sign up and they get the, and again, this is for free. And, and the, Yeah, so you can sign up for a free subscription there. You can also see all our issues that we've published. And, and also not just Podster, but the, the book. Um, yeah, Shelf, Shelf Unbound Book Review Magazine is also on there and also for free. Okay, well, cool. Uh, I'm glad we had this conversation. Thanks, uh, Margaret. Okay, thank you so much, Michael. I really appreciate it. Next time on It's All Journalism. When you go to some of the local football tournaments, there's not very many people there. And the way they kind of enjoy their sports is they're, they're drumming along to a drum and, and maybe just eating a little bit of food rather than in England. You've got kind of these these big songs and raucous chants. And, and for example, in, in America, I know at the NBA, you've, you've got DJs going on and you've got big things saying root, root for the home team and all, all those kind of things. That, that doesn't really happen in Qatar. In our next episode, we talk to Richard Parr, a sports journalist, about what it was like to cover sports in Qatar for six years. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about digital media. Find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Podcast One. This week's episode was edited by Nicola Grisco. Amber Healy provided our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music, and I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Hey, I've written a book. You can order copies of Turn Up the Volume, a Down and Dirty Guide to Podcasting on our website. Visit itsalljournalism.com and follow the link at the top of the page. Isn't it time you started your podcast? Do you like the work that we're doing here at It's All Journalism? Now you can show your support on our Patreon page. Follow the link at the top of our website and donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you can access exclusive content and receive updates about upcoming episodes. Donate a little bit more and we'll send you cool swag like our It's All Journalism mug or a signed copy of my podcasting book. There are even opportunities for you to submit ideas for future shows or even appear on an episode. Go to itsalljournalism.com and click on the Patreon link to find out more. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening.